Welcome to Macintosh and Mod Haven't Seen What, the podcast where we make each other watch movies we should have already seen. I'm Diana. And I'm David. And this week, we are concluding our vacation series with 2015's Vacation. Rusty Griswold takes his own family on a road trip to Wally World in order to spice things up with his wife and reconnect with his sons. Yep. <laughs> All right. So there are some very problematic things with this movie. Yeah. But this movie is fucking hilarious. <sighs> the concept and the through line of the movie are great. Mm-hmm. I hate that these guys who we know can do better chose to punch down a lot because it really it, it kind of exhausts you by the end of the movie to where you don't care about the rest of what's going on. Okay. So full content warning, they make a lot of jokes about pedophilia. Oh my God. And that is what feels so incredibly horrible because it's so bad and they just keep leaning into it. The only time where it comes off as funny is when Rusty is trying to play wingman to his son. (laughs) And we've already established in the movie that he says things like, you're a piece of ass, meaning that you're an asshole. Yeah. But he says you're a piece of ass, not realizing what that sounds like, that he is oblivious to the way some things sound to other people. So when he's saying things that in his mind, he thinks he's being a wingman to his son, but to everyone else, it sounds like he's a pedophile. In that moment, it's kind of funny. Well, what have we here? Little Romeo and Juliet situation? (laughs) My name's Russ. Pleased to meet you both. I'm just a stranger passing through town, but I couldn't help noticing how incredibly handsome this young man is. What's your story? You got a girlfriend? No. What? No girlfriend? Cute boy like that, somebody's gonna snatch you up. Do you want me to call the cops? No. Andy plays guitar. Dream boy. Make a muscle. I'd do it. Rather not. Take your shirt off, make a muscle. I really don't want to. Don't be shy. Show us what you're working with. All right. It's still really on that line. I don't like it. But that's the only time where they're landing the joke they're trying to make. Everywhere else, it's just creepy and gross. Yeah, they they all too often push for really brazen joke telling. And it works sometimes, and it really doesn't work others. I think that's mostly what it is for me. It's not just, I mean, the pedophilia thing is probably the most wackadoo example. Well, and then they keep going back to it. But they go back to so many other things. Like, I think the whole frat run that Debbie does works to a certain extent, and then it just gets gross. It's funny to a point, and then it just gets disgusting and more disgusting. Well, they keep adding things to the list of things she's done. Yeah. That she clearly has some shame about. So why do we keep going back to that well? Every time they push on a joke, it's like one too far. It's very immature joke writing. Which is funny because I think one of our complaints with the other three movies was that they wouldn't ever go far enough. Well, no, it's just that the writing was just horrible and their through lines made no sense. There was no story. There was no story. I mean, as we've come to find out, all of these movies, the number one problem is a lack of balance to some degree. Especially with the talent you've got. Yeah. Our budget was $31 million. Okay. It made about 58 in the US, but total worldwide, it made close to $105 million. Oh, wow. 
So is that like the most successful vacation movie? It's basically the same ratio as the original vacation. Like it's a one to three. So it's still a return on investment. Okay. Our writers are Jonathan Goldstein and John Francis Daly. John Francis Daly. Before this, for Jonathan Goldstein, he had worked on Good Morning Miami, The New Adventures of Old Christine, Horrible Bosses, which is his first big movie, The Incredible Burt Wonderstone, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs 2, and Horrible Bosses 2. After this, Spider-Man Homecoming, and the upcoming film Vacation Guide to the Solar System. So they're doing another one. I don't know if it's related to this. It looks like it might actually be some kind of a drama, so it just has vacation in it, but it's not related to the vacation series. There's no indication of what it is right now, so we'll just see. John Francis Daly, his writing credits are exactly the same as Goldstein's starting on Horrible Bosses. Mm -hmm. But you would also know him getting his start in acting with roles in Freaks and Geeks and Bones. So, what'd you think? The story's good. The story's great. The story is the exact right tone. It gets that feel of vacation. That makes total sense. You got a dad who just feels disconnected. He's dissatisfied with his work life. And he feels disconnected from his family. Yeah. So it's like, okay, let's go on a vacation. I remember growing up and going on these crazy adventures with my family on these vacations. Uh huh. So let's 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 do that. Like horrible or not, these were memories. So let's go. <laughs> Which makes total sense. So that through line, perfect. Still don't get the whole let's get in a car thing. <laughs> But that's the ride we chose to get on. It honestly almost makes more sense in this one because he's idealizing what he did when he was a kid. Correct. And I will say that I have improved upon my childhood and that I have made the drive to Disney World and I chose not to do that with my children. Never again. No. See, we improved on that. We had a lot of fun when we were kids. But we don't need to subject ourselves or our children to that. Don't ever, ever do that. Just just don't. Not from Texas, anyways. Don't, oh. don't do it. We do have one other credited writer, which is John Hughes, gets a character's credit character's for life. this film. Totally. Which he didn't in Vegas Vacation. So. Interesting. Hmm. Per Goldstein, they intended this to have the feeling of planes, trains, and automobiles or lost in America in its tone. Oh, okay. yeah, I get that. I totally get that. So they were going for the more... More travel hijinks. <sighs> travel hijinks in an adult-minded manner. It comes off as dumber than that, to be honest. I've never seen Lost in America, but the vibe I get from it is... Imagine highbrow Albert Brooks humor Mm -hmm. mixed with a vacation premise. Well, here's the thing. We hated planes, trains, and automobiles. It was kind of boring for us. It was not great. This was not boring. No. At all. So they got the right notes of everything goes wrong, but in a very grounded way. The only thing that's really out there and kind of ridiculous is the car. (laughs) That's the only one where I am just like, no, man. Can no. I be honest, though? I kind of love the car. I do love the car, but I think what it would have been better was if they had gotten a small RV because the same type of crap would happen when you don't know how to operate one of those vehicles. It is just absurd. I know a movie similar called RV came out not too long before this film. Yeah. And 
I don't know, the RV thing. You miss the having to run to motels, having to deal. I I think the car is the right choice. No, because an RV doesn't automatically mean you stay in the RV the whole time. It really doesn't. And especially depending on the size of the RV or the camper. Yeah, because like some are really just sleep and kitchen. They don't have the bathroom. So you want to stay at a hotel when you can. Yeah, I don't know. I just I, I like it the way it is. That doesn't bother me. Other than the fact that no one would ever do this in 2015. No, no, that would not happen. The other thing that Goldstein says was that they intend this to be a sequel purely from the original Vacation. Okay. And not necessarily of the other movies. Okay. Now they make a reference to it in the movie, which is quite adorable. Yeah, he's going through the photo album. Uh Uh-huh. And you see all the other Rusties. But I think in terms of how they structured it, that's what they were thinking. No, I get that. Directing is also Jonathan Goldstein and John Francis Daly. That's so surprising to me. This was their first directing team credit. Okay. After this, they did Game Night. Oh, okay. I get that feeling, yes. And they will be doing the upcoming Dungeons and Dragons and this movie called Vacation Guide to the Solar System. Okay. I did just look up Vacation Guide to the Solar System. It's a Jurassic Park style film. So no, it's not vacation. Yeah. At all. I had to double check. But don't put vacation in the title. Yeah, you might want to avoid that comparison because I think that might keep some people from seeing it. <laughs> Lean into the Jurassic Park. They were not aware that they would be directing when they stepped into writing this film because I don't think they were the first ones to take it on. I'm certain that they were not the first choice. Of course. Well, and maybe not even first choice per se, but like I'm sure this idea has been shopped around for a while. Sure, sure. Let's reboot the franchise. It's a good franchise. It is. It's a great idea. And it's it's a classic story that people joke about all the time. I will say this. We talked about how we feel like there's some subtlety lost here. Mm-hmm. You kind of go, I kind of wish we had the sort of Harold Ramis style directing with these gags and story. Like a lighter touch and somebody with that gets the nuance of the improv mm-hmm. and who doesn't just slam you over the head sometimes. I don't want a Harold Ramis. I want an Amy Hecklering because I feel like she would have pulled back on some of the things that went too far. Yeah, this feels like a first run for them. This feels like a first Judd Apatow film. Not even that. No. Well, he has- Adam McKay, maybe. Yeah, this is Adam McKay's first instinct. This is like Anchorman <laughs> all over again. Anchorman's the shit. <laughs> but just without all of the brilliant improv. Fair. It's fine. It's just, like we said- They don't know when to pull back. Correct. And they didn't pull back in their edit either. No, not at all. Because like I get I get the whole like go big when you film it, like go big. And then you just pull it back here where you can. Yeah. uh, You know, on to our cast. Mm -hmm. We have Ed Helms as Rusty Griswold. He's a good Rusty. Before this, he was on. The Daily Show, where he got his start. Mm-hmm. Then The Office, Evan Almighty, Walk Hard, Semi-Pro, Harold and Kumar Escape Guantanamo Bay, The Hangover Parts 1 through 3, Cedar Rapids, Jeff Who Lives at Home, The Lorax and We're the Millers, and after this, Captain Underpants, Father Figures, A Feudal and Stupid Gesture, Tag, and Corporate Animals. I like him. He has an earnestness about him and an energy that mm-hmm. Chevy Chase never had. Yes. That came up while we watched those movies. I was like, oh... 
Some of what makes Chevy funny is that he undersells the joke, which doesn't always work for this story. There's rarely any sincerity with Chevy. Yeah. And what Ed Helms is able to do is really ground Rusty. Yeah. And so, like, this all comes from he just wants to reconnect with his kids and his wife. He knows something is off. He's dissatisfied with his job. But he loves his family. That's what this whole thing is about. Yeah. So, like, it's just one of those classic things that someone's trying to do something good and they're just going about it in, like, the dumbest way possible. And thinking about it, the moments in the original movies that worked best were the moments that did that. Mm -hmm. Like, what made European Vacation funnier than any of the rest of them is that Clark is trying to have this wonderful vacation. Mm -hmm. And then any moment that really works in the other movies is about the vacation and the trip and connecting and not the gross crap and the sad, pathetic joke, Mm -hmm. which they didn't always get. No. We have a lot of who could have been better. Oh, okay. Anthony Michael Hall, Ethan Embry, and Johnny Galecki were all given an offer. Fair. To reprise the role as Rusty. That makes complete sense for all of them. They have all become stars in their own right. So any one of them returning would have been great. Which one, if you had to pick, would you want to have? I mean, we know the answer to that. (laughs) It's Ethan Embry every fucking day. But I also would have taken any one of them and had the other ones make a cameo. Maybe. Like, I would have enjoyed that, too. Some other names that came up. Jason Sudeikis. Totally see it. Adam Sandler. Mm, Gross. Like, 10 years ago, maybe? Maybe. But not yet. Definitely not now. now. Michael Rosenbaum. Oh, okay, yeah. Rob Hubel, who was a massive fan of Chevy Chase. Yes, you can see that. And Will Ferrell. Yeah, that's Will Ferrell, yeah. Will would have overdone it, though. I don't think what Will should be like in this movie somewhere, but not Rusty. I don't think that's true. I think Will Ferrell, if there's nothing to do in this, I think he would do what Chevy does. And it's like, oh, I'm going to be in this background of the scene and do just a little bit more than is necessary. But also like, I'm going to find the humor in what's happening. That's fair. He's very good at that. I think everyone just always remembers the big shit from him. And not some of the restraint. I mean, think about his George Bush impersonation. God, it's, it's so good. It's actually very restrained. Oh, yeah. Well, Be- it has to be. It has to be. But he's totally, like, not hamming it up. He really isn't. Well, Will Ferrell's a master at knowing when to go balls out and when not to. And, like, and let's remember, I used to hate Will Ferrell. I know. I know. It, it, it took Elf for me to, like. Get his humor. I'm going to go weird dark horse here and say, I really would like to see what Rob Hubel would have done with this. I would have enjoyed Rob Hubel. He would have been a great choice because his humor, the way he performs is very similar to Chevy Chase. And so that would have been fun to see. But he would have gotten the earnest bits and been able to be a dad at the same time. I I think he would have done that better. Yes. Yeah. Next up, Christina Applegate as Debbie Griswold. I mean, she's amazing, and I love her, (laughs) and she's fabulous in everything. Before this, 
She started with Married with Children, Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead, Mars Attacks Nowhere, Mafia, The Sweetest Thing, Friends, View from the Top, Wonderland, Employee of the Month, Anchorman, Surviving Christmas, Samantha Who, Alvin and the Chipmunks, The Squeakwool, Anchorman 2, and after this, Bad Mom's Crash Pad and Dead to Me. Yes, she is fantastic. The anti-Ellen, to some degree. Very anti-Ellen. Not in a bad way, it's just like, it's some more up-to-date wife role she has a lot of agency i like that they gave her a pass they let her be funny so weird conspiracy theory here Mm -hmm. because this isn't mentioned in the trivia remember in european vacation that audrey calls her best friend debbie yeah just thinking out loud here that could be fine i'm thinking that that's a nod to that and that rusty wound up with debbie that'd be okay hence why audrey is kind of jealous she's so mean to her (laughs) but at the same time like audrey's married to chris hemsworth so well uh, that would make sense for why she's rubbing it in her face all the time uh, i don't know is it a good happy time with chris hemsworth i don't know i mean is it ever a bad time with chris hemsworth well we'll talk about it but next we have skylar gizondo as james griswold I fucking love him. Oh my god, he's so good in this movie. Um, we just saw him in Booksmart. Yes. Which we covered for our Patreon. And he is also on the Righteous Gemstones. And he's phenomenal. I mean, he's just so great at being that young, awkward teen who like gets into his own shit, but is also like, Dad, what are you doing? He's so sensitive he, he, in the best way. They definitely subvert that trope so much with him. And I love the dynamic between him and his brother. And that like the younger one is bullying the older one. Oh, yeah. And then when it flips, it's just so perfect. Who is that? My stupid little brother. I thought you said he was your big brother. Uh, damn it. Dangus. Why do you take that from him? Well, what am I supposed to do? Hit him back? He's a little kid. He's a little shit. You don't have to let him push you around. I kind of thought I was taking the high road. Yeah, that seems to be working out for you. You know what? Fuck it. Okay, so you want to do this now? Bring it, bitch. I love it. It's so great. And they really, they did the kids so perfectly and they got two wonderful actors to be those kids. Yeah, they could have very easily gone friend zone, nightmare, overly sensitive kid. Mm -hmm. And instead it's just, he's a normal kid that's very in touch with his feelings, but also doesn't want to be anything else but a normal kid. Yeah, like he wants to be cool, but he yeah, he's just like that whole thing is like, what do you got there? My journals, my dream journal, my ambitions, my, like just my my free thought. <laughs> it's just hilarious. I should also mention this is not the only time we've seen him in those two movies. He was also in Walk Hard and Four Christmases. Okay, yeah. So he plays with this group. Yeah, he's been doing and he's done TV for a long time before this as a kid actor. Yeah, those so. are just his big things that we've recently seen him in. It's true, and he's going to have a lot more on the way. So Oh great. Awesome. As Kevin Griswold, we get Steel Stebbins. 
I saw this kid and was like, that's the kid from Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Correct. And he is a sociopath. Oh my God. And he's phenomenal. He's single-handedly in the first 10 minutes of the movie, the reason it's rated R. Oh. His character. <laughs> he says the F word over and over again. The whole bag over the face thing Oh my god. <laughs> like, I was not expecting that, and I just instantly like, holy shit. <gasps> and it just keeps going. Oh yeah. It's amazing. You think they're not going to escalate it, and then they just hype it up even further. They just keep going, and it is so entertaining. He was also in one of the recent seasons of Arrested Development. Oh, okay. Nothing new on the horizon for him yet, but keep your eyes peeled. Oh, I, I have no doubt he's capable. And now, our pawns. The whole movie. Chris Hemsworth as Stone Crandall. Love him. We've talked about him before. He's, I don't like his hair in this, but I love that they're in Plano, Texas. Oh my god. Because while there aren't sweeping estates like that in Plano, those are the people. Uh-huh. Those are the people. Also, hate his hair, but his hair is so perfect for his character. Oh, it absolutely is. Leslie Mann as Audrey Crandall. Love her. Love Leslie Mann. Who could have been better? Dana Barron was approached to reprise her role. No. Yeah. I mean, who knows? She could have been like outstandingly amazing and put her next to put anyone next to Chris Hemsworth and they're going to be great. Just no. I, I wasn't impressed with her performance previously. So no. Chevy Chase as Clark Griswold and Beverly D'Angelo as Ellen Griswold. I mean, they play mom and dad well. I I like that their cameo wasn't too big. No, at first we think, God, he's just so low energy. But then the scene where he's like Lysoling everything without paying attention. He's he's just, they're horrible B&B hosts. (laughs) Of course, because they're the fucking Griswolds. So like that first scene when he goes to get the guitar, it's like, you're trying too hard for a joke here. Yeah. yeah. But then when they're talking and he's just Febrezing the room instead of actually cleaning it, and he just keeps squeezing the thing, that's hilarious. And that is where Chevy is great. He is one of those actors, and watching this has made me realize, he runs in a very, very specific lane. And if you don't write in that lane, it's not going to work right. Well, if you don't write for that lane or control him and pull him back, he's going to derail your movie. It's deceiving because you you normally think that about like a Robin Williams. Mm -hmm. No, Robin is all about heightening. Like he can go crazy, but he can also be very controlled. Yeah, it's just, you know, you always get that impression of he would just ad lib all the time and you've got to figure out how to rein that in. It was like Chevy does the same thing, but you don't recognize it because he's much more subtle about it. Charlie Day as Chad. I love a Charlie Day. I love Charlie Day. Hated this character because it gets kind of skeevy. Though I was glad (laughs) in the credits that we find out he was alive. His character's a little skeevy, but if you need a character who's going to have a breakdown and scream, you need Charlie Day. That's fair. Any character whose main goal is to scream through everything, it's Charlie Day. I just wish they would have stuck to screaming and not suicidal. Yeah, the suicidal. It's a little much it's for a the little, moment. Like unhelpful? Sure. Angry and yelling? Like crying? Wait. Like, sure. Actively but... sabotaging a family? Not so much. No. No, thank you. Ron Livingston as Ethan. 
I love Ron Livingston. <laughs> Want to play a smug son of a bitch? Love it. Ah, uh, so good. Norman Reedus as the trucker. Oh. Okay, we, we've already discussed how we feel about that storyline. And, you know, Norman Reedus, you're better than this. I enjoyed the subversion of the trope right up until the last line. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to blame him for that, right? Like, I, that's not his fault. I'm not either. It just wasn't necessary. And there was a different joke they could have made. Keegan-Michael Key as Jack Peterson and Regina Hall as Nancy Peterson. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> just, just as the uh, perfect family. So good. Like, they are classic examples of when you take subtext and write it directly into the line. Yeah. And how funny that can be. I just said I did. Well, no, all my other friends uh, who saw my Paris pics, they clicked like. You were the only one who didn't click like. Oh, I guess I just didn't get around to actually clicking like <laughs> on them. <laughs> okay, because look at this one. Now, in this one, we have Sheila and Gary wearing berets. Right, bonjour. Yeah, I like that one so much. It's but so cute. But you didn't like it. Okay. Now, here are the four of us at the Arc de Triomphe. Didn't like that. Didn't oh. like my children. Didn't well, like my man kissing on me. I, I, I promise you, the second you guys leave, I am going to go upstairs online and I'm going to click like on every single one of them. Honestly, honey, <laughs> it really, promise. it makes no difference to me. Uh, so just know that I will like every single one of your posts. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, that was so great. <laughs> like, it's just... You know, it's you've got that one friend who's trying to be a, a social media star and you're just like, yes, your shoes are cool, but I I don't care. I cannot be bothered to like all of your shit. Yeah. In the four corners scene, Nick Kroll as Colorado cop, mm -hmm. Tim Heidecker as the Utah cop, Caitlin Olson as the Arizona cop and Michael Pena as the New Mexico cop. This was great. <laughs> I. It was so unexpected. It it was great. Like, I love that Rusty and Debbie are like, okay, things aren't great between us. We need to, like, spice some things up. Here's a crazy idea. Okay, great. I love it. I love any time a married couple are both hot to trot and they want a bone. I love it. It's adorable. <laughs> so they're going to go do this crazy thing. And there's a fucking line. There's a fucking, a literal fucking line. <laughs> To have sex in the four corners. And then... And then the police show up, but not just the police, all the police, all the state troopers. It is hilarious. And then they're arguing over which part of the jurisdiction. Oh, it made my heart really happy. I'm going to throw out, particularly as a favorite, Tim Heidecker. Mm -hmm. That dude is known for doing off-the-rails comedy. Uh -huh. And the fact that he played the restrained character mm -hmm. because he was the Mormon Utah cop. It was so good. It was so enjoyable. Uh, very good. As the Ferrari girl, Hannah Jeter, a.k.a. wife of Derek Jeter, and also host of uh, Project Runway Junior. So. Oh, okay. The tie is that she was a famous Sports Illustrated swimsuit model, and so was Chris Brinkley. Oh, okay. Plus, you know, they <laughs> subvert that trope real fast. Yep. Colin Hanks as Jake, the guy on the plane. Love it. That was another one where I was like, this bit went on a little too long. The second time was enough. You yeah. did, they kept going to it. It was like, no, this is too many times. Elizabeth Gillies as Heather at the sorority party. Mm -hmm. You would know that she's currently on the remake of Dynasty. Oh, I don't watch that show, so I would not know that. 
and director cameos. John Francis Daly as a ride operator at the Velociraptor, and Jonathan Goldstein as the hot tub guy who walks up and then turns away promptly when Rusty's talking about real awkward stuff with his son. Oh, okay. I (laughs) I did not notice that. I love it. All right. Trivia. Cousin Eddie was supposed to appear in this film, but Randy Quaid was under arrest after a dispute over a house payment. Okay. Because he went off the deep end a Mm -hmm. while ago. (sighs) The car. Yes. The Tartan Prancer is actually a heavily modified Toyota Previa. Okay. With headlights and taillights that came from a Land Rover. They took a normal minivan and then really hacked at it. Oh, sure. I knew they had to have. Like, they get into the granular details in the IMDb trivia, and I'm like, okay, some car guy had way too much fun in this movie. Yeah, they're like, just make it nuts. And went for it. That plug with the corkscrew in it is actually an Eastern European country's plug. Yeah. Like, I was like, what? Yeah. That's fucking bizarre. In this film... Six Flags Over Georgia fills in for Wally World. Okay. Because most of this movie was filmed in and around Georgia. That makes sense. They give good tax breaks to filming. Christina Applegate's first major role, as we talked about, was Married with Children, which included stock footage of Chicago taken from 1983's National Lampoon's Vacation. Oh, that's fine. And Chris Hemsworth was born in 1983, the year that Vacation came out. That's bizarre. It does blow my mind that I'm the same age as Chris Hemsworth. Yeah. Ratings. Ratings. How many Tartan Prancers, I guess? I was about to say, how many Prancers? I'm going to go with a three. Okay. Because there there are some problems. And if they got rid of the pedophile storyline, it would greatly improve what's happening. And maybe like tighten up some of the jokes because there are some things, some bits that just go on a little too long. And then it would be like a super solid comedy. Uh, So, yeah, I think a three because I would watch it again. Like if it came on, I would be like, okay, are the kids around? Because then I can watch this. Yeah, it's a three for me. I would go higher. But like you said, they go for the lowest common denominator joke a lot. Mm -hmm. And when they do, they lean real hard on that. Like, they make a yucky joke, and it's it's like our problem with Tag. You made a bad joke, and then you just kept going to that well, and it's like, did you not have a test audience to be like, no? Or did you only test audience with men? And my thing is, I can enjoy a good, awful, groany joke like yes. that. Yes. So long as you're counterbalancing it with just real goofiness. Correct. That's vacation. We've watched all the vacations. And you don't really need to watch any of them again, except maybe this one. Yeah, that's... I would watch Christmas Vacation again in a heartbeat. Well, I mean, you're going to have to, because it's just going to pop up. And we're just going to be like, all right, whatever, who cares? I enjoy it. It's legitimately the best one. I'm never going to actually sit down with the intent of watching the film, because I just don't care. And there are other better Christmas movies that I enjoy more. Speaking of Christmas movies... A lovely segue. It's about to be Christmas time ah. uh, at the uh, Macintosh and Mod stable. So we're going to do Christmas movies. Because that's what we do. That's what we do. We love Christmas. Um, we're going to do some classic Christmas movies. 
And then we're also going to blitz through some of the Netflix offerings this year and just give, not do a deep dive review of them, but just kind of give our general thoughts and feelings about them as stories and whether or not we feel like, oh, this was a great addition or this is one that should stay in our rotation for the years to come. Let's prepare to have our brains melted. Yeah. And then, you know, as usual, at the end of the year, we'll do our year in movies review or we'll go through all of the movies we've watched this year, which is nuts. And then what we're looking forward to in 2020. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. Okay. So new movies. All right. This week we saw Ford versus Ferrari. American car designer Carol Shelby and driver Ken Miles battle corporate interference, the laws of physics, and their own personal demons to build a revolutionary race car for Ford and challenge Ferrari at the 24 Hours of Le Mans in 1966. This movie was a lot of fun. It was. It was maybe 20 minutes too long. This movie is a super user-friendly, tropey sports race movie that happens to have kick-ass performances from its leads. Yeah, I mean, I fucking love Christian Bale. I adore Matt Damon, especially when he's in a role like this. It hits all the emotional beats. It's got a lot of humor. It's it's just a really enjoyable movie. I'm not interested in racing or cars at all. But I was like, oh, this sounds like a fun story. Like, I, I love a story of like, let's tinker this shit out. Let's figure this problem out. I love any story like that. So this was right up my alley. And you're getting Damon and Bale being charming, mm-hmm. which especially for Christian Bale, we haven't gotten a lot of. Oh, that's a load of crap and a half. Well, recently. Okay, recently he's been diving his teeth into like different things. Yeah. But uh, his most recent being, you know, Vice. Oh, true. But he was phenomenal in that. I mean, he was the shit. I just, I enjoy getting to see him be smirky and comedic, which he's also really good at. Yes, he's very good at comedy, which... Also, Vice. (laughs) He's adorable. And this is what Matt Damon does so well. He can bring so much comedy to a drama. He can just turn on a dime. I I love him. I want to see more things like this from him. And they're just, they play off each other so well. They really do. I got to shout out James Mangold directing this movie, who we know from Walk the Line and Logan. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, he did a phenomenal job. The movie looks great. Everybody's doing a great job. They really explain what's happening. So if you are like me and you didn't really know anything about Le Mans, they explain what's going on and they show it to you and you kind of like get into like the harsh reality of like what this is. Kind of like a Tour de France, but for racing. Yeah, it's a it's a fucking shit show nightmare of a race. Yeah, like why would you do this? Because you have lots of money. Well, that's for sure. I told David, I was like, this movie teaches you that there is no limit to what money can buy when men's fragility is on the line. Their ego, all of that. It's true. There's no limit. There's also a lot of familiar faces in the supporting cast. Which are great. We've got John Barenthal. We've got Tracy Letts. Josh Lucas. Josh Lucas. Uh, Ray McKinnon of Sons of Anarchy and Deadwood fame. Oh, yeah. Okay. Which I didn't even realize that was him and looking through it now. So there are tons of like supporting actors that you're like, oh, wow. Oh, wow. And they're all 
playing their rules perfectly. Nobody's chewing scenery. No. Now, I will say, because it's a pretty standard movie fair and runs through its beats, this is a Golden Globes movie, not an Oscars movie. Yeah. I mean, I've said before that I think that they're shoo-ins just because they're Academy favorites. They deliver. Kind of like Tom Hanks. They deliver. When they when they show up, they're going to do a good job. And that's fine. But they don't do anything revolutionary or interesting. So if either of them gets nominated, it's purely because the Academy thinks they need the filler. Yeah, it's like a Meryl Streep nomination at this point. If I'm picking anybody from this movie, I'm probably going supporting and I'm probably going with Tracy Letts. I would like that. But That's the most compelling performance in the film. I could see that in a Screen Actors Guild. But otherwise, this is this is a Golden Globes movie, but it's super fun. It's it is just super worth fun. going to see and enjoying your time at the movie. Yeah, it's a good and it's a good story. Yeah. You and know? it makes it makes me want to go dig deeper into Le Mans and watch the Steve McQueen movie and some of the actual racing footage. So, okay, so here's the only thing I knew about Carol Shelby. The movie Gone in 60 Seconds. <laughs> <laughs> with Nicolas Cage. I really like that movie. I just do. I love a heist. It's a great movie. It's a heist with cars. It's it a is, great movie. It is a great movie. I know it's a remake, but I've only seen that one and it's great. Same. So the like jeweled car is a Shelby GT 40. It's a Shelby GT. And I was just like, asked David, I was like, is that car named after Carol Shelby? Yep. Cool. I know that thing. Great. <laughs> and then after the movie, David was all like, so I make that, I have that chili mix. Carol Shelby, is it the same guy? And I looked it up. I'm like, yeah, it is the same guy. So Carol Shelby, asshole, made cool cars and also has a really good chili mix. So there you go. Single-handedly saved the Ford company. And that's what we learned today, everybody. (laughs) So until next time. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening. Be sure to review and rate us on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcast. For questions, comments, and recommendations, you can email us at macintoshandmod at gmail.com or find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook.